The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we'll get started. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight is our sixth week. So I'm really happy that people hung in there. I know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it uh, just the effort to stick with the class and to find time to practice, if not every day, most days. It can bring some humility. It isn't easy for us to change our mental habits, emotional habits. And uh, we can actually use that like to appropriately scare ourselves that if we're not careful, we're just going to keep doing what we've done before. Right? That's the nature of our mind, is just to keep doing what we've done before, getting the same results. And so, I think I mentioned this earlier in the course, you know, when I was encouraging folks to really keep putting in the time, if not every day, most days, to do some practice, showing up on Tuesday nights. And uh, the idea is that we have some sense of what it means to be present and, more importantly, some sense of the value of that. So we, we have this internal incentive, oh yeah, this feels right. There's something grounding or, I mean, pleasant in that inner sense, in that spiritual sense, but not theoretical, actual. I mean, we could actually sense, and we'll do our sit in just a few minutes tonight. Because if we don't find, if we don't sense the joy and the rightness in training our heart and mind, we're not going to do it. Because <laughs> it's just, you know, this is the way culture is set up towards distraction. It's important that now, you know, after taking the class, that imperfectly, of course, but that we have a way to remind ourselves, what am I doing? What's the practice? Right? So if you haven't practiced that before I say what I think, just think what you think. What is the practice? That, you know, we use that word practice a lot. What does it mean to be you know, to cultivate this wisdom and awareness. So just reflect for, I'll give you 30 seconds, a minute. Why do I value, what is it about it that feels right to me? Why do I value it? Why does it make sense? What has my experience demonstrated? And if you're like me, more and more, it's not like I try to use words to explain to myself what the practice is or why it's good for me. It's okay to do that. But more and more over the years, you know, I've been doing it now, been sincere and regular for 40 years, so since I was in my early 20s. And, uh, and for me, like when I, when I need that, connection with my confidence that this is good, this is wholesome. I just do the practice. I don't tell myself what the practice is. I just realize right now, in this and any moment, that my heart or mind has the capacity to be present in that stable, somewhat unwavering way. And I feel the rightness of it. Because uh, in any kind of path, any way we might want to transform ourselves, we need, you know, it's a dynamic of two things. We need the aspiration, like what do, what do we intuit is possible for us, for the heart, for the mind. And then we need to know 
what do I do about it now? <laughs> what's the next step? And the intuition about what's possible, the aspiration, you could see even use the word goal, but um, you know, goal, that word for us in English has a lot of baggage, so we'll use a fancier word, we'll call it an aspiration, to be free, to be awake, to be wise and loving, for the heart to be unburdened, right? So that's how I might articulate the goal or the aspiration in practice. And then operationalizing that, making it real now, well, it's I don't need a different moment. And there's a lot in Buddhism, Buddhist practice, there's a lot of integrity between the end, the means, I mean, the end, the aspiration, the goal, and the means, how we practice. And that's always made made the practice really trustworthy for me, maybe for you too, that the, that the practice has that integrity. What we do when we sit every day, and what we do every time we remember when we're not sitting, but just living our life, doing our day, it has has a connection with the aspiration. Like, what is this heart, this heart's deepest, most trustworthy desire? What do we, what do we feel, sense, intuit is possible for this human heart as we live our lives? in the world we actually live in. So not like, I want to be in heaven or I want to be in some utopian state, but what is possible, what kind of freedom, what kind of love and wisdom and skillful engagement, what kind of unburdened heart might be available when life is like this, the world is like this. Right? Because we want freedom. The freedom I seek isn't like freedom when I don't have any pesky problems. The freedom I seek is freedom when I do have a a to-do list (laughs) and responsibilities and complicated relationships and an aging body and the things that humans have. That's freedom. And what the Buddha discovered and then taught, and so the practices, teachings are all about this, is that the basic problem for us humans is that our understanding isn't in alignment with the way it is. So then it it makes sense then that the resolution of the causes for suffering in our lives, in our heart, in our world, because it's this misalignment, the resolution is to cultivate a mind, a heart that can be intimate with the way it is, as a way, as a means to come into alignment. So our understanding comes into alignment with the way it is. So the way, you know, we generally describe how our understanding is off is we wrongly understand and believe, think, that things are permanent in ways that they're not permanent, that things are personal in ways that they're not personal, that experience is satisfying in ways that it's not actually satisfying. Like we think, as I, you or I fantasize about a vacation or about becoming the person I want to become, losing weight or learning Spanish or, you know, whatever, these things that we think that if I, then, 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 I'll be satisfied. But it's just not the case. We don't, life experience, even really nice experiences in life, don't lead to permanent satisfaction, the permanent ease of the heart. And the people, you know, we can check, we could interview all the people who to us seem like they have every privilege that's available to humans, and ask them, are you fully satisfied, completely content and at ease? And they'll tell you, no. Because 
we we wrongly think that experience, worldly or ordinary experience, is here to make us at ease and happy. But we can't really turn it into a refuge. However nice our body is, our health is, however clear our mind is, however much we're loved by people around us, we can't kind of own it as a permanent refuge because everything is fluid and uncertain, right? So ultimately our practice of mindful awareness is to transform our understanding so instead of imagining things are permanent in ways they're not permanent or personal in ways they're not personal or satisfying in some perfect way that they're not satisfying, we start to live our life and we feel the freedom when we do of living our life seeing clearly that things are changing, always changing. There is no, there's no noun here. <laughs> there's nothing solid or permanent or graspable ultimately. Life, whatever life is, is a, a movement, it's a flow. Endless change, ceaseless change. That's just the very nature, and it's not like new. It's always been that way. We've just imagined things are more solid or permanent than they are. And things aren't personal in the way that we have imagined. So we can align with that. But it isn't a matter of adopting some philosophy, because that doesn't work. We actually have to, in a way, collect data. Oh yeah, things are changing. Thoughts come and go, sensations come and go, emotions come and go, sounds come and go, sensations, everything constantly changing. And that change, that unfolding is impersonal, not worthy of grasping, turning some experience into a refuge that's going to make a me happy forever. It doesn't happen. So the more we align, we cultivate that stability of awareness, we see the changing nature, the fluid, uncertain, even ungovernable nature of life, doesn't mean we give up on participating and engaging and trying to take care of suffering our own and others, but we don't expect to get to that permanent, perfect place. So then our participation is really coming out of generosity, not some neurotic idea that we're going to get there to wherever we think there is and then we'll be done, because that never happens. And lo and behold, the more we start living that way, because that's what experience teaches us, the more space, the more ease, the more contentment, the more of that uncontrived love or kindness, not like a stance, I want to be a compassionate person, but just we just find that we're more compassionate, more forgiving, more patient, more appreciative. So the reason I bring this up, you know, the last class is sensing that goal, that aspiration, that deepening, widening freedom and ease and space and uh, resilience really keeps us doing the practice. Putting aside some time to cultivate that stability and intimacy of present moment awareness, no matter the conditions. And we have the formal practice to, in a sense, to create momentum so we can practice through our waking hours. It doesn't really do much good to just practice 30 minutes a day, but the 30 minutes of formal practice will start to create some momentum and you'll have a minute here and a couple minutes there scattered through the day where it's just like present moment awareness just kicks in. And then you'll be practicing. Oh yeah, it's like this now. This is being known. And then if some reactive tendency gets triggered, oh yeah, reactivity is like this. And then at some point, the mind will lose the thread of present moment awareness and get identified and caught up in thought and in some vortex, one after another, and be oblivious. 
then we're just like on autopilot. We're just a person acting out habit energies until we're not really human, actually, in the deeper sense, until present moment awareness returns. Or in Buddhism, we say it this way, we're not really a moral being without presence. Like we can't actually be a skillful, kind, wise, appropriate human being without presence. It's not the same, like even if I'm lost in thought, but basically being, you know, not being aversive, not being hateful. But somebody who's just being kind on autopilot, is that real kindness? I mean, kind of, but not really. And you, you know this, like you could go up to a cashier and they might just have say all the right things and have all the right body language, but you just have the sense that, I mean, it's not that we're judging them, it's just like, but when somebody's actually, you, get, you have the sense that, that there's a presence there, an integrated presence, real time. That, that kindness that we might experience, or that hate, you know, it's, we're affected by it, for better or worse, depending on whether it's hate or kindness. So that we, that's how we give back, you know, we end up contributing, not just to our own well-being, to everyone's well-being, when we're living in that integrated way that only arises when we're present. So let's uh, stretch a little if you need to, but we'll get ready. We'll sit for about 30 minutes. And as I mentioned last week, we'll do some loving kindness practice at the beginning, a little bit more of a formal practice of that uh, for maybe about half of the 30 minutes. And then the second half, we'll do our regular awareness practice. And I'll just give a few instructions, but not too many tonight because we've been doing it for a while now. So when you feel ready, settle into a relatively still posture. Would somebody mind shutting that door? Because they're going to start to sit in the other room. It's probably good to close it now. Thank you. Remember... At this point, you can have your own little ritual that you like at the beginning of the set. It might be taking a couple of those longer, deeper, relaxed breaths in where you feel filled the lungs and then exhaling, emptying the lungs completely, but in a way that doesn't force anything, just feels good. Because that deeper breathing is pretty concrete, you can just gather the energy of attention so that there's a sense of being present with these deep breaths in and out. So if we have all the time in the world, and after a few, when you feel ready, Simply allow the breathing process to continue on its own. And what we normally can do at the beginning of loving-kindness reflection or loving-kindness meditation is we just sense the heart and in particular sensing Remembering that this heart right here, right at the center of things, this heart right here, is in fact capable of being good, capable of being kind and loving. And how do we know that to be true? Well, we have our memories, of course. And you might have a particular memory you bring to mind, like you being with your dog, and the quality of affection and kindness there was pretty pure. Just a pure kind of giving, a pure 
goodness or your good wishes toward that creature or with a friend. So it's a question of how we access our confidence that this heart right here is capable of this uncontrived, authentic goodness, kindness. Like even toward our own body, this sitting body right here, I care about this body. I care enough to be present now. I care enough to simply feel whatever I'm feeling in the body to be close. And even though it might seem initially a little strange, I care enough of the body right now to wish it well. So may this body be at ease, peaceful and at ease. And may it be safe from harm and danger. And may this body be healthy, and may it live with ease in the world. Through all the twists and turns, may this body live with ease. And you can repeat these phrases after me silently in your mind. I do care about this body. Right now, I care enough to be close and to simply feel the body as it is and to wish well. May this body be peaceful and at ease. May it be safe from harm protected in all ways. And may this body be healthy. May this body live with ease through all the twists and turns of life. May this body be at ease. Just feel your heart as you repeat some of these phrases. I'll go through them one more time. <clears throat> I care about this body. Right now I care enough to be present, to be close, and to wish well. May this body be peaceful and at ease. May it be safe, protected in all ways, healthy, always finding a way to live with ease, no matter the conditions. Just sense that capacity we have to wish well, to in a sense, we're radiating, in a simple way, radiating kindness, like a warm, generous smile toward the body here and now. And you can, in your own way, just repeat a couple of the phrases that I've offered or come up with a couple of simple phrases of your own or just a single word even. It just helps Keep this kindness toward the body and mind. So just try your best.
What does it feel like to be relating to the body with kindness in a simple way? You could call it an affectionate awareness. I care about this body and I care about this sensitive heart right at the middle here. The heart that feels whatever there is to feel. May this heart, this mind, this life of mine, may I be safe and protected in all ways. May the heart, this life, be happy and peaceful, healthy, and may I live with ease. So now beyond just the body, we just also include our heart, our mind, this life right here, caring about ourselves enough to be close, as if we're talking directly to our heart. May you be safe, protected. May wisdom and love protect me always. And may I be happy and peaceful, healthy, living with ease through all the twists and turns. So just doing it, doing it now on your own, as if you're talking directly to your own life, your own heart, your own mind. Sensing that generosity of the heart toward oneself. Like a warm, loving smile, an embracing quality, generous quality of love or kindness. And we can include our dear ones, good friends, People have really been there for us in our lives. People easy to love. So just choose somebody if you want, or just a more general sense of your loved ones. May you also be safe and protected in your lives. May you have a happy heart, easeful hearts. May you be safe healthy and at ease through all the twists and turns. Just that generosity of the heart spilling over to our loved ones and friends and colleagues. And remember, you can bring specific people to mind if that's helpful. But really the meditation object is the generosity of kindness right here in the heart itself, with a warm light shining out in all directions, just appreciating that capacity of goodness, kindness. May wisdom and love protect us all. beings in all directions, near and far, 
beings, human beings, and other creatures that I know, all those creatures and human beings that I don't know. May all beings be safe, and may wisdom and love protect us all. And may we all take care of our lives with wisdom and ease. May all this goodness continue and increase and never end. So you can use phrases or words. We'll continue the practice for another five minutes or so. But we're keeping loving kindness in mind any way that you need, any supports that you need, like a radiant goodness shining out. We feel it here energetically in our body and mind, but it's as if the whole world is being touched by this goodness. Remember to access your confidence that this heart right here, right now, is capable of being good and generous and loving. That confidence is important. And then use memories, images, phrases, if you need them. But if you don't need them, then just abide or rest in that radiant, beautiful goodness. Just let it shine out. want to notice the absence of aversion, the absence of fear, one of the telltale signs of metta, loving-kindness, is this inclusive quality of the mind and heart. Everything belongs, everything in the moment belongs, even pain in the knee or background of anxiety, you can have kindness for all of it. It doesn't mean we like it, it just means that, well, it's here now, and I care about it. 
care about the whole world, I care about my own personal experience here. I don't have to throw anything out of my heart. In Buddhism, we talk about loving-kindness becoming boundless. What that means is there's a sense in our actual experience now that every perception, every sense experience is touched, affected by the kindness, this attitude of kindness. Of course, it works the other way, too. If there's a lot of fear or aversion or hate, everything gets touched by that, too. But it's nice to see how kindness can be directly cultivated, kept in mind, brought into this boundless state, this generous state. We're going to transition now to just our basic awareness practice by simply acknowledging that it's like this now. The quality of metta or loving-kindness is like this. The mood or attitude is being known. feels like this. The sitting body, the sensations of the body sitting, it's like this now. Can this be okay just to allow the experience of the sitting body to be the way it is? And if you work with the breath, you can just notice breathing in is being known. Sensations of breathing out are being known. As other phenomena, other experiences arise, simply acknowledging this is being known. Remember, you don't have to use any words, phrases. It can be done in silence. So let's continue now on our own in silence.
What's the mind knowing? Oh, this experience is being known now. Can that be okay? The mind is struggling in some way, then acknowledge that. That's also being known, the struggling, the judgment, the reactivity, whatever it might be. That's where that metta, that loving kindness, because it has that nature to know how to include. Well, it's like this sometimes, isn't it? Feels like this sometimes. Can this be okay? Not to have to be at war with experience, but instead just this potential of being accepting or allowing. Yeah, it's like this now. And for the last several minutes, you might find it helpful to allow the eyes to open. And as we've done in the past, just have that more open awareness of all of what the mind or heart is sensitive to. So we're not looking around, of course, just aware that seeing is being known, hearing is being known course, bodily sensations are being felt, and all the different varieties of mental activity, thoughts, emotions, perceptions are being known. everything to move. Take a moment to adjust the body, even stand if you want, whatever you need to do to release any tension that you might have noticed. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com. 
www.org slash donate.